Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you would move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come into this place. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you would come in like never before. God, that you would hide me behind the cross, give me access and ability to the minister of third heaven, that you would till the follow grounds of the hearts and the minds of the people, that your people would consciously would come aware and come into the light of the truth and the knowledge of who you are and what you've done for them, that they will come into the truth and the knowledge, God, that they will let go of everything that's hindered them in this hour. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to be in 1 Samuel 13, 5 through 14. I make, make reference to 1 Chronicles 10 and 3, Proverbs 21 and 2, Proverbs 26 and 12, James 1 and 8. If I was going to pick a topic today, it would be double-minded or mixed-spirited. Sometimes we're in an hour now that people, they're double-minded and, 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 and they have a mixed spirit. You don't know which way they're coming from. They're trying to operate in the things of God and then they're operating in themselves. And we're going to talk about King Saul, how he did this in chapter 13 of 1 Samuel. So a lot of times people are walking around in the house of God and they got a mixed spirit. Their mind is not made up. They got a whole lot of other stuff that's compounding and mixing with the things of God. And that's one of the things about it is when Aaron's son tried to do up strange fire, God killed him on the spot. And a lot of times because of his grace and mercy, we want to continue to walk in that mixed spirit or that double-minded because we think it's okay and we safe. But this is an hour that is changing now. And some people that got all the way up until this point, they're going to miss heaven because God, they took that grace of God and they crucified him all over again because they continue to walk in sin. And that's why God is going to turn some people over into a reprobate mind. And the Bible says, turn one over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh that his may, soul may be saved. So in this hour, not only is God going to expose, but he's going to put fire. He's going to cause the saints of God to go through some things because they have caught up in their flesh and they are mixed-spirited or they double-minded. And it's hard for them to obtain and understand and stay in the things of God because God has allowed it to go on. And they stay, instead of them saying, wait a minute, I'm taking the grace of God in vain. That I'm just going to continue to walk this way because God loves me. I pay my tithes and my offering. And God said, your heart is far from me. And right now, and we're in this hour that saints are going to go through a lot of things because they calling on the Jesus and then they're calling on Satan at the same time or, or the works of the flesh because anything that's in the flesh is not good. And we're going into an hour now that God is tightening the ranks. He's tightening up the ranks. He's tight, tight, tightening up the things, the, the stuff that he used to let us be loose and wobbly with. It comes a time when you and your company commander, in the beginning stages, the company commander will let you get away with stuff. But as you get closer to boot camp, he's suspecting a certain requirement. And we're getting closer to the end times. And people are not understanding that God is tightening up the ranks because they have become lax. They have become lazy. They have become into a place of comfortness. And they don't think that, that they need to change because they're okay with it. But and I'm going to tell you something. God is not okay with it. And he's sending this word whether you like it or not. Whether you eat it, throw it away, chop it up, spit it out. You can vomit, vomit it or do whatever you want. But God is saying, I'm tightening up the ranks. 
And they said, I'm tired of mixed-spirited people. Then they come up against the woman and men and women of God, and then yet they want to think because they pay money and tithes and offering that they're, they're, they're on the same team. The Bible says either you're going to be hot and cold. He said, because, you know, you can't be both. So now God is coming in, and he's dealing with some things, and the fire of God is going to be on the people now because he is trying to purify their souls, but they are thinking that it's the devil. They are thinking it's people praying evil prayers on them, or they are thinking that it's some other cause, but they don't fail to realize that you have brought this strange fire to your door. Mixed-spirited, double-minded. And I looked up the word mix. It says combine or put together to form one substance or mass of a person associated with other um, sociologically. And a lot of times we don't understand how we come into a place that we have all of these different type of soul ties. One of the things that I was teaching on on one Saturday, there's five different types of soul ties. There's biological, which is what you inherited with. There's social, just like he said right here, sociologically, from your surroundings. Emotional, what you're attached to. Spiritually, which is the things of God, and physically, what you have put your hands to do evil with. So now there's a double mindedness in the church or a mixed spirit in the church because they think that they can mix the things of God and, and they can mix the things of the world together, uh, combining with their own flesh. And we're going to talk about Saul and some of the things that he did. This is some of the things that God told me, says, when you get in your own way, you mess things up out of the will of God. Says you are in self, you become double-minded. Some people don't know how to think under pressure, and we're going to find out this is what happened to Saul. He let the social, um, um, social part of the people interact with his spirit of uneasiness. It says right here, it says, when they cannot have their way. You got to understand something. When people come into a place that they cannot have their way, so they result to their own measures. And that is dangerous when you don't know how to wait on God. We're going to find out Saul couldn't wait seven days. Some of you can't even wait seven minutes before you come up and conjure up your own way of how you're going to deliver or get these means that you want to have, whatever. But sometimes God is teaching you in your waiting. The Bible says, be patient and wait and know that I am God. But people don't want to have patience. They want it right now because this is what the society says, that you can have it right now. You got a credit card, punch it. You got any type of means, use your money, your 401k, do everything else that you want because you think that this thing that you, that's derived from your spirit or your heart or your flesh, that it is, you have to have it right then and there. And God is saying, wait on me because I got a perfect time in the season that I'm going to give it to you and it ain't going to cost you a dime. Double-minded and mixed-spirited. And there's so much jealousy in the church. Jealousy is a work of the flesh. 
There's so much backbiting and fighting in the church. And you don't understand why there's so much chaos and confusion in your spirit or in your members. Huh? You need to understand what God is saying. Huh? Some of this stuff is derived from your own mind or your own perception of what you feel that you ought to have. And God said, I didn't release it to you. If you just wait on me for a season, huh? I'm going to release everything plus more. Huh? Sometimes we're looking at things and we want it right then and there or like somebody else. Huh? But God sometimes has something greater if you could just pay the price and wait on him. Double-minded and mixed-spirited. You have mixed so many things. Uh, you got this doctrine, this book. Uh, what that prophet said, what that prophet said. What is God saying to you? Do you know the voice of God? Do not be in a dangerous hour that the church is in. We hear the voice of man, but yet we don't know the word. Double-minded. When you come into this place, you operate in another realm of the spirit and it's not of the Holy Ghost. You have moved away from God. And we don't understand this. You thinking that you in the wheel because you're going through the motions. But God says your heart is far from me. And then you're going to say in the last days, I did this and I did that. He said, depart from me. What? You workers of iniquity. You're working in your own vineyard. Not what God has given you. And that's why I see so many people, they just working and working and working. And ain't nothing happening. You got to understand something. When God gives you something, he gives you all the means. Huh? That is the wisdom and the knowledge from the beginning to the end. Because that's what he is. Huh? That's what he is. He's Alpha and Omega. He sees the beginning from the end. And then he pulls it back. And then he pulls it forward. And you want to know how in the world that you're allowed to have something that's great in your possession. Because it's the Lord that gives you the ability to get wealth. You do not get it on your own. That wealth is not necessarily money, but it's the things of God. It's the blessing of God. It's the word of God and the revelation of God and the fire and the power like Elijah did to call down fire from heaven. Why am I in this place? Why do I have a mixed spirit? Why am I operating the spirit of flesh and self? Why does the enemy has a hold on my mind? When he got a hold on your mind, he got you, and your spirit is locked down. You can't move without that demon telling you what to do. And one thing about it is, that spirit is just like, the, like God. You can't move or do nothing unless it tells you to. When it's got a stronghold on you, it ain't going to just go any kind of way. But through the power of God, that's why when we truly understand Jesus Christ coming on the scene, because of his blood that was shed on Calvary, on Golgotha, that is the only way that you can get out of this madness and mixed spirit. You got to come to yourself, and God is going to allow some of the people in the church community all over the world to come to themselves because some of them are going to come out hollering and screaming. Some are going to come out a little burned, but as long as your soul make it in. But sometimes the strange fire is what's going to get you to the cross. Sometimes the things that we allow ourselves to do is going to bring us into a place uh, that, that we have no other help but the call on the help of Jesus Christ. Why am I in this place? 
Why am I letting my flesh rule over me? The flesh will tell you everything. The flesh will have you 300 pounds. The flesh will have you at 80 pounds. Why are you allowing your mind and your flesh and your spirit to overrule the power and what God is saying? When you get into a place that your flesh is at an all-time high, you need to go on a double fast and understand that that thing's got to be broken. Some things only come out by fasting and praying, but no, yet you're too lazy to lay on your face and cry out to God because of your soul is at stake. Some people are not even going to make it in because of what they in the wide is the gate narrows the pathway and few find it in this hour he does not care about a church number he don't care about your name on the road he wants to know is your heart fixed and ready to take going with him second corinthians says this, I said 1 Corinthians, but it's 2 Corinthians 10 and 3. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they mighty in God. Why are you trying to be mighty in yourself? Huh? This flesh is going to swell it up and die. Huh? From ashes to ashes, from dust to dust. Huh? And from the dirt that you came, so the earth you shall leave behind you. This body is not going with you, huh? but your spirit will be raptured up with the Lord. Huh? I pray that your soul is right. I pray that your heart is fixed. I pray that your works will be well done with the Lord. When you stand before the judgment seat, when you stand before the throne of God, I pray that your soul is right. I pray that your heart is fixed. I pray that the Lord will say, well done, thou faithful servant. Or he may say, get away from me. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And you're going to be able to say, God, I did this and God, I did that. But God said, what you say don't matter. It's what the angels have recorded in the book of life. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Why has the devil got rule over your mind? Why you can't cast down that high fault and that haughty spirit and that spirit of pride? The Bible says before pride comes, pride comes, then a fall comes. You want to know why? Because somewhere down the road, you got twisted up. Somewhere down the road, somebody deceived you. Somewhere down the road, you believe the wrong lie. Bringing everything into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience. And this is what the angel of punishment that's walking through the land now. It is punishing not the world. It is punishing all the people and the children of disobedience. Proverbs 21 and 2, it says, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord pondered, or in another translation said, weigheth the heart. Jeremiah 17, it says, the heart is deceitful of all things. Who can know, it says, I, 
the Lord, I test the heart and the mind. Sometimes we allow so much unforgiveness and bitterness to come up in our heart. It becomes contaminated. It causes us to have a mixed spirit. It causes us to be in a place of double-minded. You hear the word of God, but yet it falls on stony ground. Nothing comes up, nothing producing it. And you want to know why you're in the church and yet you're still drying up. That's why so many people in the church are just drying up because they got a mixed spirit. Huh? They, they over here and they over there. They don't like what they hear here. Then they looking for an answer over here. They're looking for an answer right there, but there's only one answer. That's read the word of God and repent for the day of the Lord is at hand. First Samuel. I'm going to start verse 5. Then the Philistines gathered together in fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horses, and people as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. This was a whole lot of people. And some of you want to know why your enemies has multiplied. But just like Elijah had to tell his servant, there's more for us than against us. When you think your back is against the wall, if you would just have a little faith as a mustard seed, you could speak to your household and say, wait a minute, look over here. And their eyes would be open and they would see the chariots of fire coming down. But see, it takes one person to stand up and have faith when others don't have it. And now we're trying to find out about a leader that didn't have it. That's bad, being a, a bad leader that has no vision even no understanding of the things of God. So now in this hour, we got so many people, they are leaders, but yet they have no vision of God. They have no revelation of God, and they're not inspired by the things of God. What they're inspired by is their big cars and their big bank account. They find clothes. They three and four wives and girlfriends. And how many sheep that they are taking to the slaughter. Because when a pastor's heart is full of themselves, how can he lead me? Yea, do I walk to the valley of the shadow of death? I will feel no evil. How can he lead you to the valley of the shadow of death and you have no evil? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How can he tell you that when he don't believe it his own self? When times get tough, when times get hard, you're looking for a savior. You're looking for someone to speak the word of the Lord. When you're on the mountaintop, you're not worried about the Lord. You're not concerned about anything. You're on the mountaintop rejoicing. But when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you're looking for somebody to lead you out of that dry place. You're looking for, and the first person you turn to, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He making me to lie down in green pastures. He leading me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leading me in the path of righteousness for his name. Say, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I would feel no evil for thou art with me. How can he have faith in that thing which he said? 
See, it's one thing saying a bunch of words, huh? but it's another thing because the Bible tells you the spirit, the light of killing, but the spirit bring forth life. You got to have that spirit of the living God in order to operate the power of God. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anointed my head with oil, my cup running over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How can he tell you to dwell in the house of the Lord? And he doesn't have faith in the Lord that he said that he served. He's just a phony. He's just a front of what he really is about. And he's serving Satan. The Bible tells you in the last hour that the Antichrist will do many things. But the spirit and the source in which it comes from is not of God. And God does not answer unbelievers. There are so many in this last hour are going to be lost. It says, and they came up and encamped at Michmash to the east of Baal-Avon. Verse 6 from in 1 Samuel 13. It says, when the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed. Then the people hid in caves, in thickets, in rocks, in holes, and in pits. When this thing break loose, the people with no faith are going to run and hide because their swords are rusted and dim and, and they're rigid. And are, st are still allowing the trials and the tribulations to prepare you for a storm. How can God send you to battle if you never faced a, a trial and a tribulation? That is not God. So when you understand that your life is in his hands and he does whatever he wants with it because you're supposed to submit your will to him. So whatever he's allowing in your life, you accept it and you go through it in him. But a lot of times because it's not we want and we become so fleshly minded, we become so worldly minded and mixed spirited and double minded, split minded and you don't understand it. So you, now you get mad and sit in the corner and while you sit in the corner, <laughs> that, that sword is not being sharpened. It's not being um, polished up is not being purified according to the things of God because one thing about that sword is sometimes it got to be put on the fire so it can be reshaped huh? so it can be repolished again Verse 7, it says, some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgad, and all the people followed him trembling. One thing about it is a leader gives strength to the people. Saul knew the word, but yet he could not operate in it. Even as a leader, you still have to put yourself in the word even the more. Because there's more pulling on you. So the people followed Saul, but yet they were still trembling. They were still worried. They didn't know if Saul could really pull it off.
Then he said, wait seven days according to the time set by Samuel. First Samuel 10 and 8, it says, go down ahead uh, of me to Gilgad, and I will surely come down to you to sacrifice, burnt offering, and follow fellowship offering. But you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what you are to do. When you're mixed-spirited, you don't know how to follow directions. And when you're double-minded, you don't know how to follow directions. Because you operate in a mixed spirit. And you get torn. Anything anybody say to you, then a spirit of confusion come on you. Because when you go to Deuteronomy 28 chapter, one of the things of judgment is a confusion spirit. You want to know why your spirit is all tore up. You want to know why your spirit, you don't know what to do. Your spirit is all in knots. You don't know what to do. And the pressure's on. And you looking for a word from the Lord. But Lord said, have you put some time in? Have you fasted and prayed? Really got on your face and sought me? He said, I know when you Hearing heart. I know when your things are ready to be returned and refined over. Have you really searched me in this hour? Or are you just going by what a man say? Or are you just going by what a woman say? You got to spend some time with God because when the time comes, the word is going to go for you. He says, send you the first. I'm going to send my praise. I'm not going to send my emotion. I'm not going to send my oration. I'm not going to spew all of that poison on my soldiers. But Samuel did not come to Gilgad, and the people were scattered from him. Sometimes the Lord delays a word to see what you're going to do, because talk is cheap. Some of you say, Lord, I'm going to do it in here. But when you get home, you get to your comfort zone. You can't stand up. You go back to the same thing over and over again. You got to understand something. This is no hour to play with your soul. This is no hour to be here and there. This is an hour that you have to really seek the Lord and have faith in God. No matter what it looked like. No matter what it seemed. All the people in Hebrews 12 talks about the pioneers of faith. You better get Get that word and let it wash your mind, wash your spirit, wash your soul, wash your body, wash everything that's not of God away from you. I got to go to James 1. And I'm going to start at verse 2. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into the, it says right here, various, but in the Old Testament it said divers temptation. That's many things. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. That's something that Saul was liking.
And a lot of times when we come into a mixed spirit, that means you start conjuring up what you want. Then you start making strange sacrifices. And God is saying, uh-uh. I did not tell you to operate in the place of your own prophet priest. He said that office belonged to me. And I give it to whoever I say. But I didn't release it in your life for this season. You ain't ready for it. I can't give you that kind of power to speak change. Because you're still a babe. You don't want to come out the meat. You don't want to come out the Similac and get ready for the meat. You need to understand what God is saying. And then you get into a place. You go back to your comfort zone. A person that's really ready for change is going to do whatever it takes. Just like the people that were in the soldier. And just like the people really want to lose weight. I don't care. You can put a pork chop, steak, candy, and beans. They ain't going to eat it because their mind is made up. You got to stop being mixed spirit. You got to stop being double-minded. But let patience have this perfect work that you may be perfected and complete, lacking nothing. But you're going back to the earlier part of 1 Samuel. Samuel got upset because they didn't want a prophet over them. They wanted a king. And then God told them what the king was going to do. So fall is so Saul is falling, but you got to understand something. God did not pick Saul. You got to understand something. That's something the people wanted because he was a good looking man. But in the beginning he was hiding. He was so tall that he was trying to hide himself. He was already a coward then. If it, it says, if any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. When you make spirit, you're going to be doubting all the time. You're going to doubt yourself, the, the word, the pastor. You're going to just doubt anything anybody say because it's not what you want. Because you're looking for what you want and you're solely in your flesh and you have ruled out God. So God starts turning you into a reprobate mind. He starts putting Ichabod on your door because you got to understand what this hour is about. This is a critical hour for the saints of God. For us to line up and sharpen our ranks according to what God is saying and leave behind all the ism and schism. Get rid of all the Doors, the small things in your life. What you think is mighty, God thinks is small. What you think is, is big, God thinks what you think is great, God doesn't think that away. And the sad thing about it is, what is really mighty in God's eyes is small in our eyes. Thank you, Holy Ghost. But let patience, that is something that's built up over a period of time. If you would just go through the storms, if you allow God to sharpen up your sword and stop pouting in the corner, you're not going to have your way. You ain't God, you didn't die on the cross for the sin of mankind. You were filthy because no man could do it. So why would you want to be your own Lord? Why would you want to be like any other man? Instead of serving a man of the one who died on the cross for your sin, the just one, the holy one of Israel, the Alpha and the Omega. He's my beginning and my ending. He's my rose and Sharon. He's my brother.
morning star. He's the one that created her night and day. He's divided the land and the sea. Why would you want to serve yourself? Go on down. I'm going to go right here to verse 8. Let me go to finish verse 6 out. Excuse me. First James and 1 and 6. It says, for he who, who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed to and fro. I'm showing you the characteristics of a mixed-spirited person. Because we should be in a place that the Holy Spirit is perfecting in us. What we used to be hitting and missing at, we shouldn't be in that place no more. That's one of the characteristics of growth. I shouldn't be moving all of this over here. But see, one thing that I found out, like spirits draw. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. God said, I can't trust you. How can I give you my riches? It's not so much the, the, the material things, but when God can bless you with sound mindness, with a joyful spirit, and his anointing. Because with that God, that thing will come out of you and draw, draw people to give you what you need. So some of you just stuck in, bless me with a car, house, and land. Bless me with a husband. Bless me with that, a wife. See, but you don't understand, huh? When the blessing of the Lord make it rich and add no sorrow, God will put something down in your spirit, huh? That will cause things in the earth realm, huh? You become some ship with God, huh? So everything in the earth realm is subject to your order and your words. How can I give you that kind of power? You got to be trustworthy. You got to be sound-minded. You got to be stable. You can't be like a mule stubborn. And you want to know why people come into an occult? Because there's something liking. And then that person operates in the spirit of control and captivates their mind because their mind, which is supposed to be subject to the power and the will of God, it becomes subject to a man. And then that's why they all, and when he says move over here, they move over there. And when they do this, they'll leave their houses, family, they'll leave everything. They'll give, that's how Jim Jones and all of this other stuff that's coming out in the land. And you want to know why God is only raising up certain people to do certain things. You got to understand something. We're in an hour now that God is finna bring down pastors, preachers, the fivefold ministry, and he's finna strip everything that is not of him and if the think that the God is not going to strip down the sheep as well as the pastor because he done warned you about this mess and you don't want to obey and God says I'm coming after you too
for he is double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. He can't be trusted. What God used to trust and put up with long years ago, he is not putting up with it in this hour. You better change and get rid of a mixed spirit. Going back to 1 Samuel 13. Verse 9, so Samuel said, bring a burnt offering and peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened as soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering that Samuel came. If he would have waited how close he was, if he would have just waited, steadfast, immovable, always abiding in the works of the Lord, and being the prophet of God. He would have been blessed and rewarded. It's not enough getting up there close. But you better make it through the gate. You can say, I've been saved all these years. Huh? That don't guarantee salvation. That don't guarantee you're going to have a home in heaven. People are falling left and right. You got to make it through the gate, not to the gate. When he did this, he did a foolish thing. He did not obey a direct command from the prophet. And that's a big thing in the church now. Nobody wants to obey the leader. They got a mixed spirit. They're double-minded. And what they're saying is my way is better than yours. And this next chapter is going to tell you what God is going to do with you. God is not putting up with a whole lot of stuff no more. Mm -hmm. How long do you think God is going to let you walk in your own way? And it's not even the will of God. signs that you need that you're in a mixed spirit and you're double minded God will let it go on for a season and a season in God's eye may be 20 years because every time Israel fell into sin and the prophets warned and warned and warned it could have went on 20, 30 years but judgment came the Babylonians, they went there for seven years. The Assyrians. And you think that you done got by. You think you done got away with something. He said, I sit high and I look whole. I behold the good and the evil. So every little thing that you're doing, huh, there's an eye watching you, and that's the eye of God. Huh, that's sitting high and looking low huh, and is beholding all our wicked ways, all our righteous ways. 
and don't even have a sense and a radar to repent, to turn from it. And I'm going to deal with you later on about something that Saul, Saul is dead and gone. But what he did had an effect. I'm going to get there. So you may be dead and gone, but what you do still has an effect. These seven days was to teach Saul patience and how to depend upon the Lord. But he, he couldn't do it. He had to go head on and offer his own type of sacrifice. He was operating something that he was not ordained to do. That's what is happening a lot of times now, that people are in offices that they were not called by God to do. So that's why the church is at a state that is caving in from the inside. See, the enemy is already on the inside. And I want to read you this. Saul showed a variety of weaknesses that made him unfit to be king, including impatience and self-reliance. He thought it was in his own power and ability. Because he had a mixed spirit. No, I don't want to see that. Uh -uh, this is what I want. This is what I'm no, this is what God is speaking to me. But yet there ain't no change. There's no light. There's no illumination. And the people around you don't have faith in you that you can see it through. So they're fleeing from you. So the prophet is there now. It's sad because Saul took things in his own hands. And I'm going to tell you something. It's already in the place that God is, is warning you, you making these mistakes, and then you continue it. Because that's one thing about it is when you follow Saul's life, he continued to make mistakes. And he died in that state. But you let your pride step in the way. You fake and pretend to people, but your heart is saying, mm -mm, I, I, you, you pretend to them, but me and you got a deal here going. See, Satan talking to you. See, my how he do. You thinking you fooling people and they reading your spirit. Mm, okay. Yeah, I say the right things to the pastor. I do this and that. <laughs> She'll know what she's talking about. Hey, I'm all right. I'm making it in. That thing will talk, and you sitting there listening to it because it's got power over you of persuasion. Power of persuasion. 
I tell you, Satan is something else. But if you can, go with me to 1 James 4, 1 through 6. The spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Brethren, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. But this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come into the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come into the flesh is not of God. It says, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the earth. He's already here. One thing I understand about a spirit, that it needs a body to operate through. And then after it takes hold of that body, then it tries to bring down everything around it to control it. And the spirit will control the atmosphere, the pastor, the prophet, the preacher, everything. Until it's been called out. And then God starts zapping his power. That's why you got to be careful who captivates your mind. Who captivates your spirit. That's why you got to have the nine gifts of the Holy Ghost power. To understand what's working in the midst. And some of the most terrible spirits that I ran of is the ones that tend to be so nice and calm and submissive. Mm. First Samuel 13. And Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. That's 10, 11. And Samuel said, what have you done? The residue of smoke was already on him. The residue of what you've done is on you. And Samuel said, when I saw that, when Saul said, when I saw that the people were scattered from me and, they, and that you did not come, it says, within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash, then I said the Philistines will now come down on me in Gilgad. And says, and I have not made supplications to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered a Burnt offering, yet I felt compelled. But I hope you see how he's rambling. You can ramble and talk all you want, but the evidence is what you've done. Saul action was wrong is that Saul was not a priest or a Levite. I told you the only people that could do that was the Levite. 
They were separate tribes, separate, whole separate thing. God took them completely out. And they whole thing was already instituted in the Old Testament that what they were going to do, their whole function was just one thing. And this is what has happened. Let's go on down to verse 12. It says, then I said, the Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgad and that I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel, verse 13, said to Saul, you have done foolishly. See, he doesn't realize what he's done because he got a mixed spirit. See, a mixed spirit and a double-minded man, for one thing, they're unstable, and God, they, they, the word is not there. That's why when you try to talk to somebody out in the world that's got a mixed spirit or unsaved, they don't understand the things of God. So when they come into a house of God and they get saved, it's like they got to learn a whole new thing. But it's bad to already be in the house and get a mixed spirit, and the word is just going all over you. It's not even radiating because you got a double-minded and you mixed spirit and God said you're stiff necked and you're hard headed matter of fact you're unlearned you're untrainable God said I can't use you I can use a newcomer off the street that just got saved and has a heart for me and I can't even use what's in my house that's what happened to the Gentiles that's what happened to the Israelites he had to go out and get somebody that will receive him that was a Gentile. So don't think that you can't be rejected. You have not kept the commandments of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. This cost him. Is your mixed spirited? Just yield your spirit to the things of God and don't miss what God has for you. It is greater than what you have now. God says, I'm taking that whole thing away. He just wiped it away when the prophet, before the prophet could even finish the sentence, he had wiped what he had promised him out. But now your kingdom sh shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Then Saul arose and went up from Gilgad to Gilbert, Gilbert of Benjamin. I want to read you this. There was four mistakes of Saul. The first mistake was Saul did a burnt offering 
to God himself. And that was in 1 Samuel 13, which we talked about. The second one was 1 Samuel 15, where Saul took Agab and um, it says spared Agab life and took and the best of the sheep and the oxen, the fatling, the lambs, and all that was good. When God told him, don't bring nothing back. That's 1 Samuel 15. He spared gay guy's life, and then that turned back around, and that's how he died. So what you spare now is going to come back and kill you. Go back and read it. The third mistake was 1 Samuel 28. Saul inquired a medium to summon Samuel's spirit. I want you to see the, the spiral effect of it. Some of you see the spiral effect of it, but you ain't trying to do nothing about it. But you're still mixed-spirited. You're still double-minded. You think you can cover and hide this. You've already been exposed. When God already exposed you in the heaven realms, that's it. All God is looking for you to say, repent. Come back to me, you backslider. I'm married to you. The fourth thing was long after his death that his sin was revealed. Second Samuel 21, and there was a famine for three days, for three years. See, I told you what you do lasts and stays after you dead and gone. There was a famine for three years. So what you do matters. It does have an effect. Would you understand the power of God within the Holy Spirit that you have? Just like the prophet, when he was dead and gone, the man what was in the grave, they put the man in the grave, and he came back to life. What you do matters. It does have a, an everlasting effect in the earth realm. Whether it's good or bad. Double-minded, mixed spirit. Come out of Egypt. Remember the Lord thy God that brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. He said it was me that brought you out of the land, out of a hard place. And how are you going to repay him in this last hour with a mixed spirit, double-minded, operating in the, in the, in the things of, that is not of God? How long are you going to stay hope between two opinions? If God be God, so be it. I pray that something's been said and done in Jesus' name. Amen.